Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Mancers Podcast. Hey, as I stated last week, uh, this week's episode would just be part three and the final part of the series, Men's Brains versus Women's Brains. You know, this all started because, well, I decided to take a week off for my birthday and then, long and behold, taking time off, uh, you know, came back to a lot of technical difficulties. And then, of course, uh, having to be out of town due to a family reunion. So, you know, uh, hopefully uh, you've gone through and been able to enjoy uh, these episodes on men's brains versus women's brains. You know, if you go back uh, to the uh, first uh, episode of this series, you'll be able to see uh, the videos uh, or the links to the videos on YouTube in case uh, the audio doesn't provide yeah, the same kind of understanding as the video for the site jokes uh, that you see. So yes, uh, go ahead and you can check out the links there. Um, I will post uh, the links to all three, you know, part one, part two, part three in the uh, show notes uh, below. All right. Well, uh, that's it. Uh, you know, I'll be back uh, next week uh, with my own original content, uh, f fresh and plenty of time to think about it. Thank you so much uh, for your time and understanding, and enjoy. Okay, now we're going to do the Yo Mama session. The number one key to incredible sex. And I just want to set this up a little bit for you guys so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. In addition to some of the things that I do, being a, a minister and, and a relationship speaker and a musician and whatever, I'm also a pilot. And uh, if I were to try and tell you how to go from my home airport in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, to Green Bay. Ooh, we got a Green Bay person there. They say, Pastor, how do you get there? How do, I'd say, well, you pretty much would fly a heading of zero, nine or zero. Actually, technically, it's a little more north of that, but for our example, that's fine. You fly zero, nine or zero, you pretty much go right from Stevens Point to Green Bay. Okay? Now, that's assuming there are no other variables. For example, if the wind starts blowing very hard out of the north, and you keep flying zero, nine or zero, you won't get to Green Bay. You'll wind up in Milwaukee. <laughs> or Chicago or who knows where else depending on the strength of the wind so if the wind is coming that hard you know we might change our heading to uh, you know 065 or something now we're flying more like this to go this way okay if you keep just pointing the plane to where you want to go without adjusting to the variables you'll always get off course so it seems kind of odd, but a lot of times you're flying in weird angles so you can go straight. Now what I'm going to share with you when I talk about sexual issues here is how to get from point A to point B. Uh, but it depends on your variables and everybody has them. Alright, and it's impossible for me to cover all of that in this session. I'll, I'll try and do the best that I can. But you're going to have to use your own best wisdom, your best judgment, common sense to understand why something I might share may not exactly help you get to where you need to get because of your past or whatever the deal is. And then you adjust accordingly. And if you're really stuck, 
you know, give us a call. You know, call our office. We would love to help you. And uh, we, we really appreciate when people call us and asking us questions about, well, how do I deal with this problem and that sort of thing. So, so just keep that in mind. I understand you might have some big variables and, and you'll just have to adjust uh, for yourself for that. Uh, the other thing that I want you to keep in mind is this. You know, being a minister, sometimes when you start talking about sexual things and, and you start to try and explain to people why you have certain moral stands, you know, uh, they don't really understand. But there's a reason for that. The reason God encourages people to wait until marriage to have sex is because when you have sex outside of marriage, you run a very high risk of messing things up. Now this is particularly true for men. Men tend to imprint off of their early sexual experiences. Much like a bird. Some of these birds, these cranes and stuff, they imprint on the first thing they see after they're born. I don't know if you, you, you know about this, but there's some animals that when they're born, the first thing it sees, it imprints on and thinks it's its mama. So if this, these stupid cranes are born and a chicken's around, it's going to follow the chicken and ignore its mother. And, and professionals who deal with these animals have to be very, very careful not to be seen. Or if there's, I've watched them work with them while they're actually dressed up like gigantic cranes to get around them because they're not the brightest things in the world. <laughs> you know, like, it's mama, you know, and they'll follow it everywhere. And, and men tend to imprint off of their early sexual experiences. If a man's early sexual experiences are in the context of lust, which is what they are outside of marriage. It's not really about love, it's about lust, it's about heat, it's about the backseat of a car, it's about someone they don't really know. They tend to imprint on that. They tend to imprint on the sex and not the girl. Are you following me? Uh, it's like when they have this, you know, these early orgasmic experiences, it's like their psyche goes, whoa, what was that? And it starts taking pictures. You know, this is because they want to remember. They want to, and they imprint off of this. And that's why a lot of guys, they get stuck here. That's why a lot of men are constantly, even in their marriages, are trying to recreate a lust environment. Trying to get fulfilled sexually as a married man. Trying to force their wives to do things that a lot of them are very uncomfortable in doing. Why are they doing that? Because they're trying to recreate this thing. They're trying to recreate this thing. See, if a man's early sexual experience is in the context of marriage, where he falls in love with this girl and all these people gather together and they all approve of it and they have this wedding and, and they're in a church and their God approves of it and all their friends and family approve of it and they have the biggest celebration of their life and then on their wedding night and on their honeymoon he starts having these first experiences you know now he's he's imprinting on the girl and he connects to the girl at a very deep level that's why people who wait until they're married to have sex have a fraction of the divorce rate of the rest of the world. Because he's imprinting on her as opposed to just sex. I, I met a man uh, not too long ago who, who told me uh, after a session, he says, you know, I, I got a problem. I said, what is it? He said, I, I'm just not interested in sex. Uh, you know, which <laughs> to a Puerto Rican is very odd. And uh, <laughs> I'm going like speaking Swahili, man. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, what do you mean? He says, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not interested in her. And she's really upset with me. And I said, well, are you never interested in sex? He says, well, you know, if we, if we go out and have a nice dinner and go to a hotel or something, then, then, I, then I can get into it. And I said, 
let me ask you a question. Were you a virgin when you got married? He goes, no, no, no. And I says, uh, were you pretty sexually active? You know, his eyes kind of lit up. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I said, why don't you tell me about it? What would be a typical experience? Oh, you know, I'd, I'd find these women and pick them up in bars and take them out for dinner and go to some hotel. I said, you see what you've done? You've so imprinted off of that that you constantly try to go back there. You try to go back there. In fact, psychologists today, our whole sex culture that you get from experts is all lust-based because they assume virtually everybody's already done this. So they try and encourage people to keep recreating and keep fantasizing and keep imagining and all this other kind of stuff. And, and it can be very, very destructive. And men can have a really hard time really, truly connecting with their wives. Can you get past that? Yes, you can. And I'm going to show you how. But you just got to understand it's going to be different for you than for everybody else. Same was true with women. They also imprint, but they imprint in a different way. It's not so much on the sex as so much what happens after the sex. And when women have sex outside of marriage, nothing happens after sex. There's no connection. There's no follow-up. They imprint on that sex equals nothing. Sex means nothing. That's why so many women, married women have such negative attitudes about sex. What I was talking about last night, how this is such a key thing, they don't even comprehend it because they have learned falsely that sex means nothing. If a woman waits until her wedding night and sees how that is how she connects with this guy, she understands this means everything. This is a key, this is a very fundamental thing. Uh, particularly, uh, you feel very bad for women who've been sexually molested because not only uh, does it mean anything, their whole experience was forced on them and that so has such an impact. Those early experiences are so important. It's not like God is embarrassed about sex. God is not a prude. He's seen you naked. He can handle it. <laughs> it would really freak me out, but he can handle it. Some people say, yeah, you shouldn't have sex before me. Yeah, it's just puritanical nonsense. No, 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 no. This stuff has a huge impact on people that a lot of you will struggle with this for the rest of your life. I'm going to show you how to help you with the struggle. Which is not what you want to hear. You want to hear how you just fix it and it'll all go away. It won't probably just all go away. You will struggle with this for the rest of your life. All the more reason you need to tell your children what I'm about to tell you. So they do this right. It's a matter of like metabolism. You know how some people, they can eat anything they want and they never gain weight? You know, we all hate those people. You know, they never have to think about it. It's natural to them. They can eat anything and they stay slim all the time. Then there's the rest of us. We so much as look at food, we gain five pounds. What is the difference? We can still be at a healthy weight, but it's a lot harder for us. It's a lot more work for us. A lot more energy for us to get into a healthy place. What I'm talking to you about has to do with sexual metabolism. If you do this right in the beginning, those people have an automatic, natural, healthy metabolism. And they carry it with them throughout their whole lives. That's why these people usually stay married forever. These guys who get married, you know, 18 years old, you know, like Debbie and I did, and, and die at 103, you know, with just what, it's, they have this healthy sexual metabolism because they didn't get all messed up. And everybody else struggles. That's not to say you cannot have a good sex life. You can. 
you can have a wonderful sex life. It's just for a lot of you, it's going to be more uh, deliberate and you're going to have to work at it a little bit harder than others. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm not trying to discourage you, but I'm not going to whitewash this to you. That's why you want to encourage your kids, wait, for the love of God, wait. And particularly for women, not only psychologically, they have now determined uh, through research that women physically do not respond the same after they've had multiple sexual partners. Uh, women typically when they have sex, uh, they release uh, a chemical called oxytocin into their bloodstream. It's, 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 it gives them this buzz and it helps them to connect emotionally. It's the same chemical that's released in a woman when she breastfeeds a little baby. And it helps her to connect. They call it the bonding chemical. They have measured that women who have multiple sexual partners, they start releasing less and less oxytocin. Just a physical thing. I mean, this is really dramatic for women. If physically, they can't even get the same buzz. You know, it's not worth it. You can make it work. You can have a healthy sex life. I'm going to show you how to do it. But all the more reason you want to encourage your kids, wait. Do this right. Don't tell them sex is wrong. Sex is wrong. Man, I told my kids sex rocks. <laughs> Man, sign me up, Jack. I like this. <laughs> All right? But do it the right way. If you don't do it the right way, they can struggle. Some of you are struggling now. Some of you will struggle for the rest of your lives. You can get it right. Just your metabolism is going to be different. It'll take more energy, and that's okay. Are you hearing me? Don't get discouraged. You can still do it. It'll just be different than if you would have waited. I wish to God we'd all waited. I know we didn't. Uh, and, and it depends on the amount of damage. I mean, just because you had one or two, it doesn't not, like you're seriously damaged. But some people have really been into this stuff before they got married. You struggle. I know you really struggle with this stuff. And, uh, and hopefully what I share with you in this session will really help you. Okay, y'all okay? You ready? Now what we're going to do is we are going to focus on the woman. You say, why is that? Because she's a lot more complicated than you. <laughs> Thank you, dear. So we're going to focus on what it takes for a woman to experience great sex. You see, all a man needs for great sex is for you to show up. oxygen. Yeah, where is she? Alright. Alright, so guys are easy. Women are a little bit more complicated and we're going to approach this. And again, keep in mind I'm going to be dealing with this issue from a stereotypical standpoint that a man is more interested in sex than his wife. If you're the opposite, you just have to interpolate and, and a lot of the same rules apply. Alright. So anyway, so number five. What does a girl need? First, we're going to start with five and go up to the number one key to incredible sex. She needs romance. Looking at uh, the Song of Solomon, he writes, How delightful is your love, my bride! How much more pleasing is your love than wine, and the fragrance of your perfume than any spice. Here's a man who knew how to talk to a woman. He was romantic 
romantic. One of the things that really has me ticked off today with the whole porn thing, and there's lots of them that have me ticked off, but the fundamental one is that it has changed men today. It used to be that men were lovers of women. But this whole porn thing has turned so many men into self-centered pigs. It's not about making love to the woman. It's about being gratified. Why don't you do this to me? Why don't you do that? Hey, man, what are you doing? Well, how about you get your head out of the toilet? <laughs> All right? You want to be, have a great sex life? You've got to learn how to be a lover to the girl. You know, a lot of guys get mad because women aren't as turned on as they are automatically or don't have as much desire as they have. Guys will say, well, my wife's not interested in sex. Sure she is. All women are interested in sex. All women have sexual desire, but it's different from you. Your job is to be a lover to her and awaken the sexual desire that is in her. Alright, and a lot of guys, they don't want to do that. They just want to be lazy. I know, I are one. <laughs> The guy should focus on the girl. It, it should be the man's goal to bring his wife to orgasm. You know? And, and you usually can tell by the way she responds. The little oohs and the ahs and some of y'all is yee Of course, a lot of women say, well, I, I, I'm so embarrassed, I, I, I couldn't do that, I, I, you know. And, and I say, girls, if, if your husband has to constantly ask you if you've been to the promised land, you ain't communicating. <laughs> so, well, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. You know, come up with a signal, you know, whisper bingo in his ear. <laughs> it, it makes for great code later. You can talk around the kids, they have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, baby, you up for some bingo later? some bingo, you know. Your kids will say, man, you ever see mom and dad play bingo? What's with the bingo thing? You know? <laughs> of course, if you're a Catholic, I'm really freaking you out because y'all play bingo every Thursday night at your church. <laughs> but, uh, but that's a different bingo, all right? <laughs> Lovers of women, you should be focusing on the girl. You need to romance the girl, and romancing the girl isn't in the middle of the night going, Hey, you like? <laughs> say, well, I'm interested then. Well, you know, look, if your wife likes you waking her up in the dead of sleep, then go for it. I don't care. The minute you feel turned on, you don't have to be immediately gratified. All that's doing is God reminding you, be nice to the girl. Be nice to the girl. Be nice to the girl. <laughs> All right, and then that should kick you into your romantic mode, not your, hey, come here, baby. Help me out, will you? <laughs> it is your job to be a lover to the girl. And I'll tell you what, this whole desire thing really has a lot of couples stressed out. Uh, because we've always heard, uh, you know, all of our lives, and all the books, and all the sex education, this is how it works. You know, desire leads to arousal, 
which leads to sex. Right? We've all heard that. Great. Only one problem with that. It's not true for millions of people, particularly women. There are some guys. This works for them too, and, and they really struggle because they, you know, I'm, I'm a man, I should be this way, but a lot of people, they're not. A lot of women exhibit little to no desire at all. And then they feel badly about themselves because they think, well, I should. I should. Who told you you should? Some stupid textbook? Who cares? I have discovered, asking couples and, and interviewing them, that, you know, this whole desire thing. A lot of guys, yeah, she's, she's just not ever interested in sex. She doesn't want to have sex. And I, I said, really? I said, well, let me ask you a question. Will she have sex with you? Well, yeah. Well, what's she like when, when she does? Oh, she's incredible. <laughs> she's incre in fact, I've actually come to the point, I don't have any data to support this, but just, uh, you know, from, from, from the couples I've talked to, but I've come to believe that some of the most sexual people on the planet exhibit little to no desire at all up front. In fact, a lot of women who are incredible sexual animals are only feel like, who only feel like doing it when they're doing it. They don't lead with this big desire thing in front. Now stop and think how that changes your view of yourself. Because right now if you think, well, gee, I never feel that much, there's something wrong with me, and then you develop a negative attitude about sex. See? And a lot of guys get angry at their wives because well, she never initiates it. She never, she never wants, well, who cares? I promise you, in my house, I am the initiator. <laughs> I am the initiator. <laughs> I will initiate. And then, I'll be back. This has really got a lot of people messed up. I'm telling you, a lot of women, this is not, it's just not there. Until you start waking it in her. Okay? So you've got to learn to be a lover to the girl. Learn how to awaken the desire that is in her. Which leads me to the next point, which she needs foreplay. Now you're preaching, brother. <laughs> and, and let me say this to you. You know, a lot of guys' way of, of initiating sex is they'll ask their wife, uh, You want to have sex? <laughs> and the answer, more often than not, is no. a question that's most likely to be responded with a no. I never ask my wife if she wants to have sex. Never. I just go for it. Because I am the initiator. You may not feel like it now, but you will when I'm finished.
of romance and foreplay is, you want to have sex? There's something wrong with you. Come on, rise up. Take your place. Now check this out, Song of Solomon. I love this. He writes, your stature is like that of the palm tree. And your breasts are like clusters of fruit. I said to myself, I will climb the palm tree. Now take hold of the fruit. here is most guys don't want to take the time to climb the palm tree they just want to hop in a cherry picker and swing in and grab the coconuts hey baby come on you want to have sex <laughs> you wake come on stop that You've got to learn how to climb the palm tree. You've got to learn how to touch the girl, how to romance the girl. And you need to be romantic. You've got to mix it up. You got, don't be so puke and predictable. A lot of you guys, the minute you touch her, she knows what's coming. <laughs> Why does she act like that? Because you're so obvious, you're so predictable. Women are not interested in a formula. Men are by nature formulaic. You do this, you do that, you get that. You do this, you do that, you get that. You do that, you do that, you do that. All right? And she's not, you know, you do that every time with her. She just, get away from me. You need to mix it up. Gotta learn how to climb up the palm a tree. You know, you don't, you know, you really want great foreplay? Turn it into a 24-hour deal. I call it slow roasting your woman. Don't be in such a hurry. You know, kiss the girl, leave her alone. Flirt with the girl, leave her alone. Touch the girl, leave her alone. Keep her guessing. What, what's going on? What is this? You know, you know. My wife will come out of the shower and say, hey, baby, just lay down. I'll give her a back rub and she'll fall asleep. And I'll cover her up and I'll just crawl into bed next to her, turn off the light and go to sleep. So I couldn't do that, Pastor. I'd go blind. <laughs> blind you've got to learn how to climb at a palm tree take it a time don't worry about this desire thing you see you know I'm waiting for her to have all this desire on front stop you're gonna be a very old man before you have sex again <laughs> all right number three she needs Time. Check this out. <laughs> he says, how beautiful you are, my darling. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats. Not my choice of words, but apparently 4,000 years ago, this was hot talk. 
Your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your neck is like the Tower of David. Your two breasts are like twin two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. <laughs> and check this out, he says. Until the dawn breaks and the shadows flee. In other words, all night long. <laughs> this dude had to be in his 20s, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> Those Puerto Ricans way past all night long, I gotta tell you right now. But he, all night long. What's he gonna do all night long? He says, I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. Where exactly is that, Pastor? <laughs> Let me explain it to you. If you look in the back of your Bible where they have all those nice maps of the Holy Land and stuff, you can look as hard as you want, you won't find Myrrh Mountain anywhere. <laughs> so, well, where is it? And I'll think it through. Talks about her hair, and her eyes, and her nose, and her lips, and her neck, and her breasts. Ends up at Myrrh Mountain. Where do you think it is? <laughs> And the wild thing is he's there all night long. Which brings me to a very delicate subject. And for the love of God, don't raise your hands. Or point out anyone. But this is a problem for a lot of guys. I was watching this TV show once. My, my wife was in the hospital and I was in the hospital with her and we're just kind of killing time watching TV and flipping through the channels and all these daytime shows and different chick shows, talk shows. And we hit this one and the lady says, today we're going to be discussing why women have a difficult time achieving orgasm. I said, okay, I'm in. <laughs> so, so I said, let's watch this one. I like this one. So they have these women, and they have these psychologists, and these doctors, and they're all, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with us, you know, women? What's wrong with us? We stink, we stink, we stink. And then they would go to the commercials, and they would do these teasers, where you, they would ask a question, and then get potential answers, and then you had to wait till after the commercial to get the answer, right? It's a teaser, make you stick around. Well, about halfway through the show, they asked this one question. What is the average length of a man's sexual experience? A, two minutes. B, 10 minutes, C, 20 minutes. And it went to commercial. I looked at Debbie and I said, you know what the answer is? She goes, no, what? I said, two minutes. She goes, oh, it's not. I said, you watch. Came back and ding, hey, two minutes. And then they went on. What's wrong with us? How can we have a hard time achieving orgasm? <laughs> Hello, did you see the screen? <laughs> now do the math. If a woman needs anywhere from 7 to 14 minutes, and a boy's done in 2 minutes, you got yourself a math problem. <laughs> and the worst part of it is, <laughs> 2 minutes is the average. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Well, guys, you can do better than the two-minute drill. There's all kinds of things you can do. There's all kinds of books. There's all kinds of helps. There's exercises you can do. And I, I don't like exercising, but this stuff I can do. You know, that where you can get past this two-minute drill problem. Now, ladies, you have to understand the number one element to enable a man to beat the two-minute drill is regular, consistent sex. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> a guy wait for two weeks and he ain't gonna last 30 seconds for crying out loud all right you need to help this boy become a lover to you you gotta help him get his stamina up all right but you gotta be focused on the girl now if all you are is focused on yourself a lot of guys that's two minutes is more than enough time there's you know there's, it's all about them oh, get my release okay thanks and then they wonder why she doesn't want to have sex later well it's a drag for her I know women who've been married their entire married lives who've never had an orgasm. Never. But who'd been married before and knew what an orgasm was. They knew what I was talking about. Coming to my office, and I don't know, no. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Does he ever ring your bell? No. So have you ever had your bell rung? Yeah. So she knew what I was talking about. I've been married before. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. When he makes love to you, she goes, yeah. I said, Two minutes or less. She goes, how'd you know? <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. We can do better than the two-minute drill. All right? Number two. She needs privacy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> He writes, let us go early to the vineyards. Secret place, private place, to see if the vines have budded. <laughs> if their blossoms have opened. If the pomegranates are in bloom. People sure are in a gardening. <laughs> and there he says, I will give you my love. It's going to be very difficult for a woman to feel very sexual or turned on if she doesn't feel that her lovemaking to you is safe and private. Alright? Which means chances are, if you have dinner guests waiting in the next room, she won't be very interested. <laughs> to a lot of guys, we'd have no problem with that. Uh, make yourselves at home, there's Doritos in the cupboard. We'll be with you in a little bit. About two minutes, I'd say. She's not going to be interested in that, you nitwit. That's why for a lot of women, just having children makes it difficult for them to feel very sexual. I call children the anti-sex. Because <laughs> yeah, they're always around, they're always around, it's always around, and it's hard for them to feel very sexual. You've got to work with her on that. And ladies, you know, there's locks on your doors, use them, you know. You can't just neglect the sexual needs of your husband until they're 18. <laughs> 
worry, honey, we'll be gone eventually. <laughs> Everything changes with children. You know, you're not the same anymore. Women, you guys have to understand that physically they're different, emotionally they're different, everything's changed. Those beautiful seductive breasts are suddenly transformed from erogenous zones into public utilities. <laughs> She's being touched all day long. And then you come home. Hey, baby. Touch me and die. Now you hang a couple of monkeys from your testicles all day long. See how you feel at the end of the day. I'm good. I'm good, thanks. I'm okay, thank you. Thanks, thanks for asking. I'm good, I'm good. She's not the same, but girls, he is. Ain't nothing happened to him. He's still the same wild man you married. And a lot of couples, they really mess up at this point in their marriages. That's why a lot of marriages only make it to about the five to seven year mark. Just long enough for the regrets to come in, upset the, the apple cart, and you fail to make the proper adjustments. And it destroys the relationship. Ladies, you cannot get so engrossed in being mommies that you forget about the sexual needs of your husband. So, but Johnny needs me, Johnny needs me. I'll tell you what Johnny needs. He needs a father. And if you keep it up, he's not going to have one. It's not worth it. And girls, you have to be really careful about rejecting your husband sexually. I don't know if you're aware of this, but for most men, as few as three or four rejections in a row, and he'll begin to shut down sexually. If you have a husband who argues with you about sex, consider yourself blessed by God. Because at least you keep it on the front table. But a lot of guys, they just shut down. They, I've had, I have women in conferences like this who come up to me, tears running down their faces, saying, I did that to my husband, now he won't touch me. It's not worth it. Why do you think all the jokes on TV are about the young, sexually frustrated man but the older, sexually frustrated woman? Because she comes back to life, see? You're going to come back to where you were, but now he won't care about you anymore. He won't feel safe to be the initiator anymore. And it's going to, you say, well, what do we do? Everything, you know, it, it rarely ever goes back to the way it was. You might have to turn into the initiator. I mean, is that, it's not worth it. You younger ones, watch yourselves during this time. I understand you're tired. And guys, get a clue. The girl is exhausted. Give her a break. Let her rest. They just did a survey on USA Today weekend, this weekend, I don't know if you saw it, but they said what were men's number one interests, it was uh, um, sex, uh, food, and sleep. And they surveyed women, and their top three interests were sleep, food, and sex. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're being traded in for a cheeseburger, Jack, you know what I'm saying? 
the girl. Let her rest. Give her a break. You want her to be a lover to you? Let her take a nap. You take the little rugrats for a while. Let them peel your brain apart. <laughs> all right? And all of this now leads us to the number one key to incredible sex, which I will give to you right after this break. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, here we go. The number one key to incredible sex. Exclusivity. I can't spell. Exclusivity. When one man focuses just on one woman. Looking at the Song of Solomon. Now she writes and says, I belong to my lover and his desire is for me. Something incredible happens when a man focuses on just one woman. Now this is radical what I'm telling you because our culture today says the key to great sex is lust. The more you fantasize, the more you check out the hot babes, the more you're looking at pornography on the internet, and check, oh, the better your sex life will be. But they are lying to you. Our culture has completely lost its mind in this area. And all the experts talk about, yes, the key to incredible sex is to fantasize and to masturbate. And who is this woman? I can't imagine her having sex. Just like, <laughs> Ugh. Hollywood. Hollywood. The people who can't stay married for more than three months at a time is giving us the perfect scenario for great sex. Lust. Fantasy. Ooh, 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 ooh. But it is a big, fat, stinking, puking lie. It doesn't work. You say, well, you're just against it because you're a preacher. No, no, no. I do not oppose lust on moral grounds. I could. I could preach you to hell and back if you wanted. <laughs> but I don't have to. It doesn't work. At least if it worked, it would make some degree of sense. But it does not. And no one challenges it today. You ever read that story of a, a emperor's new clothes? How everybody went around, went around and told the emperor how great he looked and always oh, just walking around in his underwear and everybody, oh, you're great. And some little kid finally says, you know, he's naked. <laughs> I feel that, like that little kid. All the experts today, they keep repeating the same lie over and over and over and over again. And everyone just, oh yes, oh yes, the emperor's clothes are magnificent. Oh yes, lust and pornography and masturbation. Oh, this is fantastic sex when you do this. But it doesn't work. And the proof is in the pudding. People say, well, what's your proof? By proof is you guys who do it. Let me ask you guys. You guys who sit around in the dark and check out the hot babes on the internet sit around and yank on your wanger. <laughs> Come on, you wanger yankers. You know who I'm talking to. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. How's that working for you? <laughs> huh? You got great sex? 
You know you don't. In fact, the more you do it, the more you indulge in it, the worse your sex life becomes. And the prescription the world gives us is, you know, oh yeah, you just need more porn, you need more porn. But it doesn't help. It keeps making it worse. It is destroying people's lives. In Hollywood, they just don't get it. All these experts. I was watching this one show. This, uh, you've seen the show Family Feud? This one week they had um, soap opera stars on. And I'll hand it to these people. They look great, but they were as dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> and they asked him this one question and said, 100 people surveyed. What can you do to improve your romantic life? And they come up to the first team and say, okay, I need an answer. And they're all, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And they come to the first person and uh, he says, uh, what, what, what's your answer? What, what can you do to improve your romantic life? He goes, uh, have an affair. <laughs> and all the other rocks in the box go, good answer, good answer, good answer. <laughs> an affair. How can you be so stupid and still breathe? The way to improve your sex life is to have an affair with somebody else. But that's the culture they live in. The more lust, the more naughty, somehow it improves. It does not improve, it destroys. I know psychiatrists and psychologists who have prescribed to couples in an effort to improve their relationship have an affair. So ignorant are they that the emperor is walking around naked. Went over to the next, you know, they, they, they said, have an affair. Oh, the guy looked at him like he was nuts. Said, okay, have an affair. Ah. <laughs> Went to the next rock. What can you do to improve your romantic life? Um, um, view pornography together. Good answer, good answer, good answer. View porno. Ah. Every answer they came up with was lust-based. Three strikes. They couldn't get it. Went over to the other box of rocks. <laughs> Same thing. I'd never seen it before. Neither side could get one answer. Because when they got done, he said, well, let's, let's take a look. And it was like, you know, spend time with each other, have a romantic dinner, take a long walk, you know, bring her flowers, stuff that any moron knows. <laughs> but these people don't get it. They don't get it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's great. Look, you know, the world's answer to great sex, their formula is number one, fantasize. Oh yeah, that, that's a good idea. Ignore the real woman in your life and focus on one who would never give you the time of day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's pretend, let's, let's live in a fantasy world. We are trading in real women for fantasies. How can we be so stupid. And this is becoming a real problem. And you know who's beginning to notice it? A lot of people way off on the liberal left are starting to notice it. They're starting to write about it. They're starting to realize there is a problem. Men are becoming more and more diminished sexually. 
and are becoming unable to perform because they have so overstimulated themselves with pornography. It is destroying them. I, I've, I've met women who've told me that their husbands prefer pornography and masturbation to actually making love to them. I had a woman in my office, and she's a 20-something year old, good-looking woman, like Hoochie Mama, okay? <laughs> so, well, I didn't think pastors noticed that sort of thing. Hey, I may be sanctified, but I'm not petrified. All right. I... A good-looking woman is a good-looking woman. And she tells me sitting there, she says, my husband hasn't touched my vagina in over a year. Not interested. I said, you're kidding me. He said, what, is he, well, what does he want? Well, he just wants me to do these weird things to him. All garbage he's got in his head through looking at porn. Trading in real women for fantasies. What in the world? So many women I've talked to in the last year who says, my husband admits he would, he would rather masturbate than, than make love to me. Fantasize and masturbate. Oh, that's their idea of great sex. And, and what is it with this masturbating thing? And the passion to which these people rise to defend masturbation as some form of great sex. I don't get it. I don't, I'd love to know who the first hillbilly was that went, you know, that kind of looks like a vagina. And this is starting to destroy a lot of men's sex lives. Do not fool yourselves. There is no way in the world you can keep doing that over and over and over again and not retrain your body. Everybody knows this. When it comes to anything physical, athletes know this. They train, they do the same repetitive action over and over again in order to train their bodies so their bodies will respond in a certain way. Athletes do this, uh, whether it's tennis or football or whatever, they train over and over again so that without thinking about it, their body reacts in a certain way. The military knows that you train young men to react in a certain way. They do the same drills over and over and over and over again. Why? Because you train your body so that without thinking, you act in a certain way. How in the name of God... Our culture is teaching our young people from the age of 13 to start masturbating two, three, five, some of them seven times a day thinking that it will not retrain them. The truth of the matter is there are a lot of men today who are no longer able to function with a woman. And I hear this all the time in these seminars. Guys who come to me, women who come to me, who tell me their husbands cannot perform. There are a lot of men today who cannot perform with a woman. I had a guy call our office, he says, man, he says, I can have sex with my wife for hours, nothing ever happens. Incapable of achieving an orgasm. But he can do it by himself. 
Oh, oh that's great. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get all our kids doing that. Let's, let's get them doing that. He went to the doctor to find out what was wrong with him, and, and he was diagnosed. This is not a joke. Seriously, TMS. The doctor said you have TMS. It's called traumatic masturbatory syndrome. It's actually reconditioned his penis to a certain type of stimulation. It won't respond to a real woman. What are we thinking? And you know what really fries my Puerto Rican pancakes? is when, when they say, well, this, this is how you can achieve orgasm. You masturbate until you achieve orgasm. And they tie the words masturbation and orgasm together. They are crazy. You cannot achieve an orgasm through masturbation. You can ejaculate. You can have something physically happen to you. But it is not an orgasm. An orgasm is when you're making love to a woman and you reach your peak and endorphins are released into your bloodstream and every cell in your body stands up and grabs the hand of the cell next to it and goes, Hallelujah! <laughs> that is an orgasm. Almost universally, People report that when they masturbate, they immediately feel the opposite. Icky, dirty, or, or guilty. And psychologists have been telling us for decades now, oh, you don't have to feel guilty about masturbating. It's fine. I know Christian pastors who tell their young people, you don't have to feel guilty about masturbating. It's fine. I know psychologists, you don't have to feel guilty. It's fine. I'll tell you what, you can fool your mind, but you will never, ever ever fool your body. Amen. And there are a lot of men today, I believe, who have never achieved an orgasm. They ejaculate. That's all they do. They so train their... You, you cannot get your body doing this over and over and over again and think you can function normally. All they train their bodies to ejaculate, they never really achieve an orgasm. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, let's, let's get all our kids doing that. The misinformation our kids are getting today, a lot of you have gotten it, but dear God, our kids are getting it in spades. The misinformation is going to wreck their sex lives, has the potential to wreck their sex lives for the rest of their lives. And nobody is telling you what I'm telling you right now. Most preachers don't like talking about this stuff. It freaks them out. As you can tell, I have no such problem. <laughs> And I understand that, but we have got to start talking about this stuff. We're trying, in the church, we're trying to win an argument where we only let the other side talk. We're trying to win a war where we only let the other side have bullets. Now we wonder why 50% of the men in our congregations have sexual addictions. That's the number, 50%. In our congregations, church-going men, sexual addictions. You have to understand something. Pornography will rob you of great sex. See, every man, the reason why it's such a temptation is because we think it's great sex. Oh, well, we want to check out that baby. Oh, if we get on the line, I'll have greater sex, I'll have greater sex. That's what sucks us in with the promise of great sex. But it is a lie. I promise you, the more you do it, and you know the ones of you who do it, the more you do it, the opposite happens. They are lying to you. The I'm telling you, the lies that this generation has faced and is continuing to face along sexual information, there are so many blatant lies along this line. 
We have lost our minds in this country. It is destroying people's lives. You know one of the biggest problems we're having today in America? Sexless marriages. Sex with people that don't want to have sex. Don't have to have sex. Have sex with themselves. Well, that's great. Yeah. Now let's trade in a real woman for a fantasy one. Remember that little diagram I gave you last night? Got the heart and the smiley face. (laughs) And that motivates that. When you masturbate, that breaks the system. That would be nice to her. I would pay attention to her. So self-centered men, lazy, and for a quick release, become lovers to themselves instead of lovers of women. This is sad stuff. Well, what do you tell our teenagers? Tell them to wait, they won't die. No one has ever died from lack of ejaculation. <laughs> and there's a lot of misinformation about that. People talk about this condition called blue ball. And not to try to gross you out, but that's, well, I have women, well, what about my son? Won't they get blue ball if they don't mess? No, they won't. That's one of the biggest urban myths that there are. It's the most ridiculous bunch of nonsense. There is a condition like that, but it has nothing to do with ejaculation. Nothing. It has to do with being overstimulated for a long period of time. And the answer is just quit being so stimulated and go back to normal. It is not a chronic condition you're going to walk around tortured for the rest of your life if you don't masturbate. There's never been a morgue anywhere in the world where on the toe said, cause of death, failure to ejaculate. biggest bunch of lies. We're not animals. Your kids are not animals. You know what the difference between an animal and a human being is? We can say no. We have control over ourselves. We live in a culture where the idea of having control over yourself is ludicrous. It's absurd. There's people who will hear this video who will go, oh, I can't believe he's saying that. What false information? What false information? I, spoke, I speak at these things all around the country. You know, every once in a while I get into one of these scenarios where these experts are there. And I tell them just what I think and it just freaks the willies out of them. And they get... Where's your proof? How many of you got to have proof? Where's your proof? I'll give you my proof. You know, and it's so, it's so ignorant. Like, we need to prove this? We need to prove this. Some things are so obvious. It's like trying to prove, well, where's your proof that oxygen is good for your lungs? (laughs) So I attempt to prove it to them. Let's start with our scientific explanation, shall we? (laughs) Let's assume that A, a turned on woman plus B a turned on man equals the best possible sex. Okay? Are you okay with it? Are you following? Does that seem logical? For some reason this is like, whoa! Oh, I've never heard such a thing to these experts. 
I mean, come on. If you don't have a turned on man, kind of hard to have really great sex. If you don't have a turned on woman, kind of hard to have really great sex. So we can at least agree you need a turned on woman and a turned on man to have great sex. Yes, we were there, okay? All right, now let me take a little survey here. <laughs> About pornography, ladies. If you, and, and, and you have to remember, these experts, these therapists, these nitwits I call, actually use this stuff in therapeutic ways. It's prescriptive. Pornography is prescriptive. This will improve your sex lives. So let me ask you ladies, if you knew your husband had just been watching pornography and wanted to use you to satisfy himself while thinking about that other woman, how many of you that would make you feel very sexual and turned on? Let me see your hands. Okay. We'll call that zero. I presented this to some people said, well, you, you can't do that. You're not going to ask women if they're turned on. That, that's, that's, they'll never raise their hands. That, that will never work. This is improper. Okay. Let me change the question. If you knew your husband only thought about you and treated you like the only woman in the world without thinking about any other women, how many of that would make you feel sexual or turned on? Let me see your hand. Oh, so women will raise their hands. <laughs> All right, all right, come on. All right, let's see your hands again. I gotta get a count. Hands. Okay, we'll, we'll call that lots. Now for our formula, for these experts who need all right, I have checked with some of the greatest mathematical minds in the country, some graduates of MIT, and have determined after repeated and at length discussions that lots is greater than zero. <laughs> it's brilliant, truly brilliant. So we know now that porn results in a turned off woman. Well, right there, you got yourself a problem. If women are turned off by this idea of her husband fantasizing, then their prescription for porn to improve their sex lives is pure, unadulterated baloney. Because as soon as you remove, you can't get to the best possible sex. Right? And I do this for thousands of people. I have yet to have a solitary woman go, oh yeah, that'd be great. And I'm sure there must be one or two out there. But this is so lopsided, it, it, it blows one's mind. So blind are these people that the emperor is walking around naked. Oh, well, yeah, but we've learned that. And all the experts say, Well, we know that Repeat porn exposure results in a diminished male. 
And I'm telling you, these people are starting to notice this. I'm, I'm, we're getting writings of people in, in secular magazines, liberal magazines, who are complaining. You know, hey, men are not able to perform. This is impacting men physically. They're not able to perform as a result of this stuff. I know of men, I know of ministers who while they're making love to their wives insist on having a dirty magazine open next to them so they can stay stimulated while making love to their wives. You can imagine how wonderful that makes her feel. Why do they have to do that? Because they cannot maintain an erection if they don't see that. That is the addictive power of this thing. And these people think this is, this is good sex. This is great sex. So we know that repeat porn exposure results in a diminished male. Well, what's the scientific sign for a diminished male? If this is a scientific sign for a normal male, <laughs> this would be the scientific sign. <laughs> for a diminished male. All right, you're all tracking with me here? All right, so this finally leads us to our scientific formula for the best possible sex. If A, a turned on woman, plus B, a turned on man equals the best possible sex, and we know that porn results in a unturned on woman with repeated porn exposure resulting in a diminished man, then A plus B minus porn logically results in the best possible sex. <laughs> Which means that these experts' information has to be based on broken science. can imagine these people get really mad at me <laughs> and I don't care I, I love it I love it these people look at me like I just dropped in from Mars this one lady who writes for you know a bunch of major women magazines in the country and, and Newsweek magazine and stuff like was interviewing me and she says well I, I've never heard of such a thing you know I mean is it masturbation normal I mean after all the children masturbate so what Children don't masturbate. She says, well, well, they touch themselves. So, well, I touch myself. <laughs> and, and besides, is this our standard children? I said, my grandkids will eat their own poop if I let them. <laughs> These people do not think, I'm telling you, they're the most intellectually dishonest people in the world when it comes to this issue. You know why? Because they're all addicted to this nonsense. And they, I need more porn, I need, I need more porn, I need, I need more fantasies. And because of this imprinting that I talked about to you at the beginning, these men have so imprinted, they've got to constantly react and relive pornographic or naughty scenarios in their minds so they can enjoy sex. And if you've been there, I'm telling you, you need to break yourself of that. You need to refocus. You need to take out the camera and start taking some new pictures. You make love to that girl 
Forget about that other stuff. Quit trying to relive garbage in your head. It won't give you great sex. It will rob you. I promise you, the key to great sex is focusing on just one woman. You see, lust is like eating snack food all day long. It'll ruin your appetite for the real thing. Your mama was right. Snacking will ruin your appetite. You out there checking out that babe, checking out that babe, checking out, checking out the magazine, checking out porn. It's going to wreck your appetite for the real thing. You just try it. Try it for 30 days. Anybody can do anything for 30 days. For 30 days, do not look at another woman. Don't fantasize about another woman. Don't look at some stupid magazine or pornography. You just focus on that girl and see what happens to you. She will just come alive to you. And you to her, she can sense when she's the only girl in the world to you. It will rock. You'll have the best sex of your life, I promise you, or your money back. <laughs> Let's get this right. I'm telling you, this will change your world. It'll change your world. We've got to start giving good information. Your kids need to hear about this. They've been lied. You know, when, teenage, when I do this for teenagers and for like young adults or college kids, they sit there stunned. You know what they say to me afterwards? How come no one ever told us this? Because all they've heard is the other nonsense. You mean I can never touch it? You, you, I didn't say you couldn't touch it. I got no problem with couples touching each other. And, and people say, well, what if we're gone for long periods of time? Okay, fine, fine, fine. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you living in a house with a real woman and you ignore that woman and make love to yourself. This is insane. It is not great sex. It is terrible sex. These guys out there talking about they act like they really, really know great sex. Ha ha ha. Bunch of nitwits. They're number one, fantasize, masturbate, and then the number three, they coup d'etat. Wear a condom. Wear a condom. That's our secular world's idea of great sex. <laughs> Man, to me, wearing a condom is like trying to eat an ice cream cone with a sock on your tongue. Man, if you want to practice birth control, use something else than a condom, man, don't you? If you can't tell the difference between real sex and a condom, we need to have a telephone for you, man. Raise, <laughs> raise money for a cure. That's it. And boy, that gets these experts really angry. When I say that, they get so angry. Oh, you're giving dangerous information. You're getting dangerous information. And no, no, no. For the record, camera one, for the record, let me state. If you're going to have sex outside of marriage, by all means, wear a condom. If I were you, I'd wear two or three. <laughs> kind of like double bagging at the grocery store. <laughs> but do not delude yourself. Do not fool yourself. That is not great sex. You want great sex? Get married. The beautiful thing about being married is I don't have to wear a stupid condom. <laughs>
<laughs> I know I'm freaking some of you out, but I don't care. I'm on a mission, man. Let's get this stuff right. Let's get this stuff right, man. God knew what he was talking about when he talked about one man focusing on just one woman. That is great sex. That is incredible sex. That'll blow your mind, knock your socks off sex. This fantasy nonsense and all this other stuff is destructive. It is poisonous. It is not great sex. It robs these people of great sex. And they're constantly looking for better sex, trying to get satisfied somehow, trying to up the level somehow, it's like, 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 like a heroin addict. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And if there's any group in the world who should have this together, it ought to be Christian people, in my opinion. Christians ought to be known for great sex. <laughs> we should. People ought to be saying, man, stupid Christians, I hate them. Yeah, a bunch of self-righteous hypocrites, yeah. Here they got great sex lives, though. <laughs> really? What time do you suppose our services are? And we need to get this right. I know it's hard. This, this whole sexual thing can be a real struggle between men and women. That perfect standoff that we talked about. Is, but don't neglect this area. Pay attention to this area. The church is getting sucked in just like the rest of the world and it's sad. Christian Partnership Marriage Magazine, whatever it's called, did a survey a year or two ago. They asked this question. How many times did you make love in the last week? You know what the number one answer was among people of faith? Zero. Zero. And we wonder why we're having the problems that we're having. You know, men struggle with sexual temptation. Like, you have no idea. And men cry out, God, how, what's your answer for my sex drive? What's your answer for... You know what God's answer for your sex drive is? Have sex. <laughs> I like this answer. <laughs> Girls, you need to be there for him. You have no idea how much men struggle with this. You need to be there for him. Do not neglect your husband's sexual needs. I know it's okay to put the conditions, all that kind of stuff, everything I talked about, but bottom line, fundamentally, you cannot ignore this area. I hear women complain bitterly. Oh, I wish the men in our church were more involved. I wish the men in our church would get more excited and they, they just praise the Lord more. I got bad news for you girls. It's really hard for a sexually frustrated man to praise the Lord. You want your husband praising the Lord tomorrow morning? You put a smile on that boy's face tonight. <laughs> what I'm talking about. He'll walk into this place going, Hallelujah, somebody sing a song. Let's get going. Ha <laughs> ha, bingo. All right, do y'all still love me? All right. <laughs> 